Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with hosts Rick and Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. I'm the guy who's the boss on this highway. So watch out what you're doing when you're coming my way. I do my best to keep you driving slow. I'm just doing my job on the highway patrol. Now it's time for everyone's favorite DOT officer. 23 years in law enforcement, 7 years as a commercial transport officer. He was a CBSA instructor and has conducted thousands of roadside inspections. He now serves in the driver's side of our industry. Mr. Dale Howard. I'm just a doing my job. Yeah, I'm the highway patrol. Hello, and welcome to Trucking 101, Surviving Your First Year. The show will, that will not only help you survive, but thrive in your first year. My name is Rick, and beside me is my gorgeous wife, Melissa. Our special guest host tonight is Mr. Dale Howard. Dale, take it away. Hey, thank you very much, Rick. <clears throat> And uh, good evening to uh, everybody that's tuned in, and thanks for listening. I thought we'd, uh, it's kind of timely to talk about winter. There's a chill in the air, and I'm sad to say that Colorado enacted their chain law last week on I-70. So apparently it's that time of year. And I can't believe the amount of people that get caught uh, so ill-prepared for winter. Uh, if you're going to be driving in the north where it's cold in order to survive, because this really does come down to life and death sometimes, we got to be prepared. Simple things like getting yourself mentally prepared. Winter's coming, and these cold, crappy days and the uh, short hours of daylight do take a toll on us. And... Uh, we just have to uh, watch for the signs of exhaustion and, and cold and, and be prepared. We should start off by getting a good winter pack organized. I uh, had one of my old duty bags that I uh, made my winter survival kit out of, and that goes in the truck in the fall and comes out in the spring. And it includes a pair of insulated coveralls, my winter boots, gloves, hat, scarf, and a blanket. Because the last thing you want to do is freeze to death. And again, you know, I've been to you know, numerous accidents in the wintertime where the driver is just not prepared for spending any time in the cold. So you could find yourself at a road closure... And we really have to prepare for being on our own for at least 24 hours at the bare minimum. So we're going to need warm clothes. We're going to need a blanket, blankets, flashlight. We're going to need a source of food, something that we can survive on. Uh, bottled water in plastic jugs that uh, you know will survive a freeze are uh, are a good uh, 
good thing to have in the truck. And some high-energy uh, foods, you know, candy, nuts, raisins, uh, packaged condensed soup, bullion cubes. You know, just, you know, we're not going to make a steady diet of this, but if it's going to keep us alive, that's what we need. Also, throw in a bag of kitty litter. Great for traction. Uh, I've used it hundreds of times. You back into a loading dock and you can't get out. Kitty litter will save you for chaining up. On that note, since uh, we're kind of geared for new drivers here, if this is going to be your first winter season, now is a good time if you're going to run in the areas where you have to chain up to figure out how to put on a set of tire chains. Every year we kill at least two or three drivers who get hit putting on tire chains. So this is a skill we just don't want to learn. You know, at 10 o'clock at night on the side of a highway, snowy, deplorable conditions, because the time you spend down on those drive axles, that's what we referred to in law enforcement as the kill zone. And I can tell you that all of my near-death experiences happened on the side of the highway. It's just, we all know how the four-wheelers drive, and we've all seen the pictures of the trucks on Facebook. So be prepared. The Boy Scouts never said it better. Got to be prepared. So if you've never chained up before, get a hold of your company, your safety department, or if you've got a driver mentor, you know, get together and practice putting on a set of chains so you do it correctly and you know how to do it and get it done and get moving and get out of there. Uh, personally, I uh, I chained up, I think, twice in 35 years of driving, and I just chose not to. Uh, if it's bad enough, I've got to have tire chains on to, you know, get on the highway. I don't mind chaining up to get over a hill when I know the other side is, is great and trucking's good. But uh, if it's storming out, you know what, find a nice safe place and, and wait it out. You're the captain of your ship, and bear in mind that when things go south, you're going to go down with your ship. So if you run into some bad weather, and I'll quote Clint Eastwood here, you guts to know your limitations. As young drivers, new in the industry, don't get caught when older drivers are on the radio and, you know, it's not that bad. If you really don't feel comfortable, then, you know, you probably shouldn't be out there. Wait for things to improve. Get on the phone, communicate with dispatch. You know, the highway conditions are going downhill. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe. And I'm parking until things improve. Communicate that. Know your company policy on that. And, and put it into use because... A lot of times we'll be going down the road and, you know what, I don't think the highway's that bad. I'm going to keep going. Well, to put that into perspective, I've been at this for 35 years, and I've got lots of winters under my belt, and for me it's not so bad. Um, I was lucky, and uh, my uh, the department I worked for spent a lot of money on my driving skills. So I was 
allowed the opportunity to take a ton of driving courses. And every two years we had to qualify with our patrol units. So we covered winter driving extensively because, you know, we're out there driving under the absolute worst conditions. So a highway to me may not seem that bad, but to a newer driver, it's just absolutely horrible. And, and I don't want anybody getting into trouble because somebody has kind of coerced them into driving when they shouldn't have been driving or driving beyond their limits. Slow down, take a big, deep cleansing breath, and stay off of that brake pedal. When you start to feel anxious, big breath, relax, ease off the throttle, start slowing down. We all watch the Facebook posts and we all watch the news where traffic is stopped because of a wreck or whatever. And here comes a truck at highway speed sideways into the, into the accident. You know, slow down, drive to conditions, and don't worry about other drivers trying to bully you into doing things that exceed your comfort level and your skill level. The worst thing you can do is get excited and get into a panic because bad things are going to happen. When you see lots of brake lights ahead, start backing out of it. Um, snow plows. Uh, I took a, uh, when I came off the highway, I took a job with our highway maintenance uh, company and I drove snow plow for a year. And it just never, never ceased to amaze me the amount of people that want to get around me. Uh, what's behind me is a plowed road that's been sanded and not in bad shape. What's in front of me is unexplored territory that's had zero treatment to it. There's snow covering it. It's just not a good place to be. There's lots of snow blowing. You can't, visibility is, is horrible. And traditionally, plows will pull over every five to 10 miles and let the traffic pass. Because if you go and try and get around a snow plow, you get dusted in the light snow and you have no idea where the road is. And me operating the snow plow, I lose sight of the road. And while you're going around me, if I happen to hit a crack in the highway or a chunk of ice, that will literally throw that snow plow sideways. So, yeah, stay behind the plow trucks. They'll pull over and pass if you must. Uh, we had a, uh, a snow plow that uh, a uh, trucker with a load of lumber, uh, the plow's going down the road, it's a great big cloud of snow, and the driver of the load of lumber thought, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna goose it right through this cloud of snow, and I can't see what's going on, but I'm going through it. Wound up rear-ending the snow plow, and they're both upside down in the ditch. So, just not a great place to be. You know, it's uh, it's uh, something that uh, we don't spend a lot of time on, and, and guys don't talk a lot about. But uh, breaks in the winter time. When you uh, deliver a trailer, 
and uh, or you're ready to park for the night, don't uh, don't set your trailer brakes right away. Set the tractor brakes and just leave the trailer brakes. If you're if you're dropping the trailer in a yard, just uh, do up all your paperwork, do what you have to do, and the trailer brakes should be the last things that are applied. Because what happens? The uh, snow and ice that, or the snow that's uh, built up in around the brake drums, they're hot. It melts, turns to water, and if you just pull in back into a dock or pull into your drop yard, snap the brakes on, those brake shoes will literally freeze to the drum, and now those wheels aren't turning. So the next guy that goes to pick up that trailer is now into a fight. If you happen to be that next guy, carriers spend thousands of dollars on skidded tires. Uh, I worked for a carrier that issued everybody tire chalk in the fall. And it was actually a company policy that when you hooked onto a trailer, you took your tire chalk and you put a mark on the tire on all, all the trailer tires. And then you pulled the truck ahead 10 feet and then uh, got back out and checked to see if that mark moved just to prevent the skidded tires. Because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's thousands of dollars to carriers. You know, it's going to be two or three hours out of your life that you're never going to see again while you're waiting for another set of tires in a chat with a safety director, and we all hate when that happens. So you've backed onto your trailer, and the wheels aren't turning. Now what do I do? Well, you can take a hammer and go out and smack the, the brake drum. With the tractor brakes are set, the trailer brakes are released, because that's the only time we get under a truck is one set of brakes is always engaged. You can hit the drum, and uh, that'll usually give you enough shock that that'll, uh, that'll free the brakes from, uh, from a frozen drum. Or, you know, you can try backing up, and sometimes that will uh, uh, give enough force to uh, release a set of frozen brakes. But uh, regardless, we've got to make sure the wheels are turning. Uh, another method you could use is uh, when you pull out of a, uh, out of a dock, just serpentine and uh, watch in your mirrors and make sure that all of the wheels on the left are turning. And as you make your serpentine, look in the right mirror and make sure all the, all the uh, right-hand wheels are turning. Or just get yourself a tire chalk and you're never going to be the one standing in the safety office getting your butt chewed because you skidded a set of tires. Uh, air tanks, you know, if you're, if you're uh, once a week, drain the water out of your air tanks and uh, it... Uh, you know, it'll save you a lot of grief with uh, frozen airlines. If you're going to use air brake antifreeze in lines to uh, make sure or to uh, prevent freezing, make sure that it is actual air brake antifreeze. Back in the good old days when I started trucking, we used to pour methyl hydrate in the uh, red glad hand and uh, put it on and that give a blast of methyl hydrate through the air system and, and that was to prevent freezing. 
Uh, nowadays with the ABS and uh, the uh, uh, anti-skid technology that's uh, incorporated in some of these brake valves, uh, it actually will damage the valve, but it's an $1,800 repair to change the uh, ECM on a brake valve. So only use approved air brake antifreeze if you're, uh, you're going to use any of those products. Uh, something else that's good to uh, keep in the truck is a uh, jug of the Red Diesel 911. And it's a fuel additive that uh, if you wind up with gelling fuel, you can pour that in a tank. And uh, I've had really good luck with that to, uh, to prevent sitting on the side of the highway with a uh, truck that quit. When, uh, when the temperature drops... You know, we really have to be careful for, uh, you know, mechanical issues because airlines get brittle and we'll break those. And the snow and the fog, uh, you know, that just drops visibility. And fog really creates problems right around that freezing mark because now you wind up with the black ice on the road. If you look down the road and uh, in your headlights, you can kind of see that dull gray if the asphalt looks looks dull and gray, chances are you're on some slippery highway. So again, we just ever so easily back off the throttle and drop your speed speed down and don't turn the CB radio off and don't worry about what everybody's talking about you. It's, uh, it's your safety that's important. And uh, again, we just don't want to... Be, coerced into uh, driving past our abilities. The, uh, you know, you're driving down the road and, and uh, it's kind of hanging around that zero mark. You look for the spray coming off your wheels. If, uh, if you don't see the spray anymore, there's another indicator that things are bad and uh, gently off the accelerator don't you know, stay away from the brake pedal. In the wintertime, it's so very important to drive. You know, we talk about driving 10, 15, 20 seconds down the road. In the wintertime, we've got to drive, you know, maybe a minute down the highway. And always leave yourself an out. If things go bad in front of me, where am I going to go? I always have somewhere to go. Because if you don't, you'll wind up in the middle of the wreck. And again, just don't need to be there. If you happen to come onto a pileup where the traffic is slowing and really bunching up and it stops, leave a truck length at least between you and the traffic that stopped in front of you. Kick your four ways on and hang on to the impact. Chances are somebody is going to come barreling in and hit you. And if you've got a little bit of cushion room, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to minimize uh, the impact that you're going to have to endure. Get out of the truck and head into the fray. Don't go backwards. People see people wandering around. And that's when, you know, 
when you get hit by a car. If you if you're the last one in, and it looks like people, if it looks like you're going to get hit, hang on, go for the ride. If you're going to get out of the truck, then get out and move away from it, and have a place to go. If it does get hit, and you don't want to get run over by your own truck, uh, I'm a big va- big fan of uh, a high visibility coat. In the wintertime, that's my only winter jacket is a high-visibility winter jacket. Because, again, it's dark out. People are, you know, you don't want to blend into the evening. So, you know, a dark parka, just not a good idea. Get yourself a nice safety parka, lots of reflective uh, material on it, and uh, be visible. Another thing to uh, to keep in mind is uh, whenever you engage the uh, power divider or the differential lock, if you engage that while you're going down the road, off the throttle, so that you're coasting, put your locker in, flip the switch, and then ease into it. That will just avoid any damage because if you're starting to spin and you get your foot into it and you flip the switch to that locker, you run the risk of tearing a power divider out and costing you or the carrier a whole pile of money. So everything we do is slow, methodical, and off the throttle, off the power. Uh, When the highway starts to change and things are getting slippery, shut your engine brake off. That will literally stall the wheels, the truck stalls, and now you've got problems. We don't use the cruise control, and we never use the engine brake when things are slippery. Engine brake, wheels lock up, you wind up in a jackknife, you're in a single vehicle accident, and again, you've got some splaining to do in the uh, in the safety director's office, so... Don't want to go there. Um, The flu shot is a real good idea. Take, uh, you know, take the opportunity to make sure that your health is uh, up to speed and and you're in good health. And if you wind up feeling sick or you got a cold, be very careful what cold medication you take. Because the last thing you want to do is take a uh, an over-the-counter medication that makes you drowsy. It's dark early, short daylight hours. Now you're taking a medication that wants to put you to sleep. You have no business being on the road. So get lots of sleep, stay healthy, stay warm, and be prepared. Anything else I can... Uh, touch on Rick gosh there's so much to uh, so much to cover here but uh, don't want to uh, give everybody the overload and and the headache yeah we, we uh, got a lot of stuff there uh, probably we'll just ask, ask you some questions here uh, let me just uh, real quick say if anybody on the line has uh, any questions comments suggestions or stories just press one Becky will screen your call and we'll get you on the show 
And while that's happening, uh, we'll go ahead and ask Dale a couple of questions. You had a question, Rick? Yeah. Uh, one of the things I've always wondered about is the talk about uh, not releasing the trailer brakes right away. Uh, why is it that the trailer brakes will freeze up, but the tractor brakes don't? Well, great question. And uh, the uh, the biggest reason the trailer brakes freeze up and the tractor brakes take longer to freeze up, they'll they'll still freeze up, but uh, the uh, your differential is uh, warm just because of the power uh, putting power to the wheels. So that warmth from the rear end housing will go out into the brake drums, and it takes a lot longer for uh, for a set of tractor wheels to freeze. They still will freeze, but it uh, it takes a lot longer for everything to cool down to a point where they do freeze. Uh, the trailer brakes, you know, they're just uh, trailer wheels are just going along for the ride, and yeah, they'll freeze in a matter of minutes. Okay, uh, a, a tip that I got from uh, from one of the mechanics who's in Arizona, so I, I don't know how how great this tip is, but uh, I actually did try it. I got a bottle of antifreeze, or I, I made myself a spray bottle of antifreeze, so I could actually go out and spray it on the on the trailer brakes when I stopped, so that when I you know I, I'd let it you know. Uh, have time for that water to drip off, and then I spray some of the antifreeze on there. And uh, the idea, of course, is that, that the antifreeze is going to disperse and displace the, the water, and then they won't freeze. And I had disc brakes also on my trailer, so I, I don't know how that would actually affect, you know, something like that. But uh, I thought that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good tip, and I actually carried you know, a spray bottle of that. What do you think? You know, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, disc brakes, uh, I'll, I'll touch on that first, uh, really don't uh, have the freezing issues that uh, drum brakes do uh, just because there's uh, not as much surface of the brake lining in contact with the rotor. And the rotors tend to uh, conduct the heat better and seem to uh, dry. They don't have that water... Uh, accumulating on the uh, on the rotor, so you know there's another plus for them that they uh, that they don't uh, uh, freeze up as bad. Um, as far as the antifreeze on a brake lining, it's <clears throat> a couple of problems with that is if uh, all the Canadian trailers have these dust shields and and some of the Americans do and you can't really get a product in there and it's uh you know i'm not sure what it does to the brake lining you know if it has a nail effect on that so you know i'd just be real careful when i drop the trailer that uh do up all of your paperwork and set the brakes last and you should save you know you should save yourself from that aggravation but like i say if you do wind up getting caught and you do have a wheel frozen, get out your hammer, and you're going to have to get under the trailer and do your best to smack the drum with a hammer, and the brake will release. Okay. Uh, extreme cases, you know, you gotta you got to get a service truck out there, and, and I've seen them have to actually heat the drum up 
to uh, to get a break to release. But normally you can get it get it to pop with a hammer. But again, guys, be so very careful to make sure that the wheels are turning before you go driving down the road. Because yeah. a uh, a skidded set of tires is is going to cost you some money. Uh, another thing that uh, that I heard uh, a long time ago was that if you're if you're idling, like the the bridges freeze before the roads, we all see the signs and everything. If you're idling across yep. the bridge, if your wheels can actually lock up just from the engine, is that correct? They 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 can. It's uh, bridge decks, overpasses. Uh, they just don't hold the heat that the road surface uh, will hold when it's uh, in contact with the ground all the time. And it, uh, yeah, bridge decks, ice up always first, overpasses always first. And it's, uh, you know, we should all be driving easy on the throttle anyway, but very important around uh, overpasses and bridge decks. Uh, great call. Uh, you know, don't do anything rash. Don't do anything quick. You know, if you're uh, if you're off the throttle, just be aware that you're on somewhere that the potential for being slippery is is greater than on a highway. So if you have to give it some throttle, ever so gently. If you've got to give it some brake, ever so gently, and be ready that. If things start to tighten up, you got to get off that brake and maintain control. Mm-hmm. Uh, distractions in the storm, you know, don't. Uh, if you're talking on the phone, you're on headset, Bluetooth, whatever, and if the weather starts to deteriorate, just ever so politely end the call because mm-hmm. you need to put your full attention to what you're doing. Radio goes down, CB radio, do with it what you choose. You're on the phone, get off the phone and pay attention to your driving. And like I say, you want to be driving one or two minutes down the highway because when things go south, things go south really quick. And we have to be prepared for that. And we don't have the opportunity to make that hard panic stop and get everything stopped like we did in the dry weather. So that's where I really stress, have somewhere to go. If things go bad, have somewhere to go where you're going to minimize the damage. If you find yourself, and this is, this is very hard to do, but you find yourself, one wheel has gone off the road, and now you're getting pulled into the ditch, the worst thing you can do is crank that wheel over and try and get back up on the highway. You want to just, if you're headed to the ditch, then drive it straight into the ditch and hang on. If you try and crank it out, that's when things fall over, and now you're into an accident, whereas if you've just driven in the ditch, it's just a simple tow out, and uh, you've minimized you know, the damage to your equipment and the damage to your carrier. And again, communication is the key. If the roads are bad and you're slowing down, 
you know, don't keep that your own little secret. Get on the phone at the first safe location and let dispatch know that you're running behind, you're in the storm, and my schedule has changed. It's so much easier to phone a customer and to tell them the load's going to be late than it is to phone the customer and tell them the load's upside down and we're not sure how much we can salvage. And the last thing anybody wants is to be in an accident. So know your limits. Communication is the key. And when you make a decision to park for the weather, live by your decision and stand by it. Because nobody can tell you how to drive other than you. Make sense? Makes sense. Uh, on, on that note, uh, uh, you, you say, you know, get off the road. And, man, that is so important nowadays. Uh, we've been watching over the last couple of winters, and the last winter was really bad where they just keep having these horrendous pileups out here. And now they've got these uh, YouTube videos that are showing these these things happening where you've got guys out there driving and I know you've experienced this and the closest I came to being in an accident was in the snow in a white in a whiteout, you know, with a driver that went flying past me and, and, and made things even worse, you know, and I couldn't even get slowed down fast enough and all of a sudden I'm facing a you know, the rear end of a trailer. I mean we're talking, you know, two or three inches away from from the bump, bumpers actually hitting. And you know, so I I mean to actually try, try and drive out and I said, I don't care if you put the chains on and stuff, but the guys that are driving out here are just absolute maniacs in this stuff. Like, you know, I mean, it's like they have x-ray vision or something or so they think. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. Uh, get off the road. You know, forget about chaining up. Just get the heck off the road, man. And then Melissa had a... Well, uh, and Go ahead, Dale. Well, and, and just to expand that a little bit, Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I've never chained up at night. So if the highway's bad and the storm's rolling in, you know, find a place to park, go to bed. Tomorrow's a whole new day. In the daylight, things are just so much better. And in while we're driving in the fluffy snow, we have to remember about every hour or two hours, you're going to need to stop and clean out your taillights and dust off all your lights because if traffic can't see you because the back end of the trailer is all caked in snow then you know you're just as much of a problem you know you're creating and compounding the problem so in the winter time we're going to have to stop and and do our equipment checks a lot more regularly than we do in the summertime and i used to have one of those little whisk brooms that, uh, you know, we sleep the floor mats and stuff out with. And I just took that in my hand and, and I could dig out my taillights and I could wipe off the conspicuity tape. And so important to keep all our lights clean and that conspicuity, the red and white reflective tape, keep it clean. You know, the old adage, see and be seen. Our headlights are clean and our lights are clean so that people can also see us. Sorry, Melissa, go ahead. No, it's okay. I just wanted to add when it comes to pulling over because of bad weather, I mean, just stick to it. If you don't feel like it's safe to drive, uh, 
don't drive. Even if somebody has told you or you're getting some kind of impression that you're going to get fired because you pulled over, if they're going to fire you for doing the safe thing, then you need to be going to a better company. That's not the company that you want to be working for. And um, Amen. Yep. And, and Rick actually has another story about losing control in the ice and regaining control. But before that, we actually have a question on the line. We have uh, Julio. And he has a question about I-95. Hey, Julio, you're on the air. Hello? Yep. What's your oh, question? Hey, Julio. Uh, good evening. Uh, thank you, guys. I love the show. Uh, I have a question about uh, filing points of the TSA score. Uh, this week, uh, I-95 southbound on the street of Connecticut goes completely. Everybody has to exit the highway. Just to exit the highway, it took, it took like an hour and a half or less than two miles to exit the highway. We do get back on, on, on the highway on my way to the future. Julio, Julio you're, I'm sorry. You're, you're breaking up a little bit. I don't know if there's anything you can do about that, but you're a little hard to understand. Oh. <clears throat> How about now? Much yeah, better. Thank you, you. Try that again. Oh, okay, um, I was I was saying that um, this week um, on my way to New York City, uh, I-95 southbound in Connecticut complete, uh, closed completely. Uh, everybody has to exit the, the highway. It took like an hour and a half or less than two miles just to exit the highway, and then detour and they back they get back on the highway and. I, the next rest area was full. Uh, there was construction on I-95 in New York. And next day, the highway patrol was waiting for, for everybody to exit the city. And, well, at least on the area where I was. And I got, uh, I got 21 points for exceeding my, my driving time for 22 minutes. Uh, and my question is, when the road closed, uh, is, there, is there a way to buy those, uh, those TSA score points? Well, yes. You know, uh, there is a provision to extend your driving time to allow you to go to the first safest place to get off the road. Um, you know, it's it's such a gray area and up to the officer's discretion. I would data cue that, and I would fight that one because it's, you know, you're doing the best you can do. And as more and more rest areas close, it's, you know, that does pose a problem. But, you know, we've got to be prepared, and in the wintertime, you know, really keep one eye focused on the weather. And if you're driving into an area where you know a storm is coming, then, you know, that might be a good day to be only driving nine hours as opposed to 11 hours. And at nine hours, you want to look for a place to, to shut her down if it looks like the weather's going to turn so that you're just not caught at the last possible minute with nowhere to go. And I understand, you know, in the summertime you get caught in a wreck and there's detours and, yeah, I would, uh, I'd fight that one. But, uh, 
Yeah, to answer your question, there is a provision, but it's only for the first safe place. It's not to drive to the, you know, your favorite truck stop two hours down the road. It's to get to the first place that's safe to get off the road and make all kinds of notes in your logbook if you're running paper logs and if you're running e-logs. Again, put lots of comments in there that, you know, highway conditions, uh, deplorable, stopped at first safe place to, to stop. And uh, that way, you know, when, uh, if it becomes an issue, you've, you've made notes at, notes at the time explaining your actions. Does that help you out? Yes, it is. And um, I, I, I'll get back to my safety uh, manager with that information to see, uh, to look for that provision that you mentioned uh, and, 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 and find it because they, they close the highway. Nobody, no, no one line open. Everybody has to let see the, the highway. Yeah, it's uh, I, you know, I'd look into that one and and I'd uh, I'd look at fighting that one. Hey, uh, Dale, okay, thank you, you so much. Tip on on how to. You're very welcome. Can you give him a tip on where he could go to find that? Sure, it's uh, uh, the uh, uh, data data queue on the FMCSA's uh, website, and uh, you can. Uh, get some information there on, on how to fight it or, uh, you know, reach out to, uh, are you on Facebook at all? Oh, hang on. I, let me bring him back. Go ahead. Uh, are you on Facebook? Uh, yes, I'm on Facebook. Okay. Yes, uh, hunt me down. Yeah. Hunt me down. Uh, Dale Howard in uh-huh. uh, Alberta, Canada, and I will do my best to, uh, help you out. How's that sound? It's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you so much, sir. You're very welcome. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah, and that's that's uh, you know, unfortunately, there uh, uh, you know there are there are enforcement officers out there that make poor decisions, but it's. Uh, we got to do the best we can with what we got. And, uh, you know, in the winter when, when highway conditions are subject to change, uh, arm yourself with as much information as you can on the area you're driving into. And if bad weather is forecast, then start planning your exit early. Does that uh, that cover? Uh, uh, cover that? Do you think, Rick? You know, another uh, uh, another problem that uh, we face in the winter time is uh, for any of us that have had the uh, misfortune of uh, traveling through uh, Wyoming, the uh, you could wind up stuck on the side of the highway 
or out in the middle of the highway for uh, days. Uh, I've sat in Sheridan, Wyoming for two days waiting for the highway to open back up. And they literally had drivers stranded out on that highway for two days until they could get them out. So that goes back to our uh, our uh, survival bag and uh, and our skills and uh, make sure that uh, we're in a position to take care of ourselves for uh, at least 12 hours because we could be out there all by ourselves. Melissa, did I get lost in the uh, in the shuffle? I think I disappeared. Hey, sorry about that, folks. I, uh, I guess the bad weather gremlins are out there picking on us early. Uh, one thing I'd, uh, I'd mention to uh, anybody that's uh, traveling in the uh, North Country, Dakotas, uh, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, it's not uncommon for a highway to be closed for uh, one, two days, could be three even if uh, if a storm really settles in. And uh, I myself have uh, spent three days in Sheridan, Wyoming, waiting for the highway to be back, waiting to open up. And uh, I was lucky enough, I was waiting in town, but I know there was uh, lots of drivers that were stranded out on the interstate. And uh, if you haven't got a proper winter survival kit and uh, provisions to uh, take after to look after yourself, those are going to be an awful long three days. So don't uh, don't rely on somebody else to come out and save your butt. You've ha- you have to look after that yourself. So there's no time like the presence. Pack yourself a nice winter bag and uh, put it in the truck in the fall. Take it out in the spring. Tuck it away at home, and and hopefully you never ever have to go in it. But uh, if you do, then like me on Facebook and give me your experience and let me know I saved your life. Okay, Dale, can you hear us? There we go. You're back. I did dial in. So I'm trying to talk. Okay, so I got a live mic, but you can hear me in the screening room. I know, but I have a live mic and you can hear me, which is weird. <laughs> Gotta love technology. Right. It's it's the winter uh, it's the winter gremlins, Melissa. Anybody's got any questions? Please don't be afraid. Push one and uh, right. Can you go? Now's your chance. Update everybody on what's happening while we try to figure this out. Please. Please. Oh, annoying. Hey, Dale. Hi there. Hi. I'm going to try to call again. Okay, Melissa, I can hear you. 
I can uh, I can hear Melissa. Is uh, anybody hearing me? We, it, we're, we're all hearing you. We're just having a little bit of technical difficulties. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can uh, I can just kind of I can carry on, on and, and hopefully we'll we'll get all that sorted out. <laughs> sure. It's uh, yeah, folks. We uh, got got to love technology, and and this is another reason why you can't rely on technology to look after you in the wintertime. So, you know, we talked about the emergency kit. Please put that together early, tuck it away in the truck, and uh, and be prepared. Another thing to uh, keep in mind is... Uh, okay, Dale, can you hear us? I can. All right, we're back. Please. Oh, my goodness. Ah. Sorry about that. Go ahead. We're back. <laughs> We'll catch up. The uh, you know when uh, when the highway conditions start to deteriorate, you know start slowing down, and the rule of thumb is, uh, you know when you're getting into the snow, you want to drop your speed by a third, and it uh, just sit over in the right lane, watch all the hot dogs go by you, and hair on them. If they want to blast past you, again, we know our own limitations, and we're going to arrive safe. And uh, my partner coined the phrase, you know what, it's your life, you lose it however you choose. So don't get all in a panic for the people that are going way too fast for the conditions. It's natural selection, and sooner or later, that will weed them out. Your safety is paramount. Just stay focused, stay calm, don't get excited. And when we start feeling anxious, those great big deep cleansing breaths, and you'll regain your control, keep your composure, and you're going to get through this winter just fine. Just you know, keep down to the basics. Lights clean. We're mentally prepared and we're dressed for the occasion, life is going to be good. Okay, yeah. You know, sorry about that uh, <laughs> disconnection there. It seems like every time we do this show, we get to a certain point and Blobdock just says, you're done, no more time for you, and we have to try to get <laughs> back in. But uh, what that really was, was that was a buildup and suspense for some, for some story that Rick was going to tell about losing control on the ice. So, why don't you tell your story, Rick, about losing the control on the ice? So this is actually a, a, a quick a quick story, but it also was, Melissa and I have a debate about what 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 I actually did or what what actually should be done on ice. Uh, we picked up a load of Home Depot. And we had to do deliveries, and by the time we got to the to the end, the last delivery, we had to go through Casper into Casper, Wyoming. It was a fairly nice day. But, you know, it had that, like, 25-mile-an-hour wind that was blowing the snow right across the road. So I was only running about 50 miles an hour because I knew at some point I was going to come up on some ice. And just that as light as I was, I was kind of worried about getting caught. And I came up over a, 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 I guess you call it a a small ridge. And when I looked over there, the whole road, everything both sides, the guardrails and everything were completely iced over. I came across it by the time I hit it, I was doing about 40, but as soon as, the, as soon as I hit that wind, 
it just literally took me sideways. And all I could do was not hit the hit the accelerator, not hit the brakes, and I was just trying to kind of keep the tires moving in the direction of the of the the way I was being blown, and I was hoping that I would just bump the guardrail and stop without much damage. And uh, I hit a dry spot or something, and it just kind of straightened everything out. So as Melissa and I are talking about this, uh, she's going, yeah. Let me add to that okay. story. Okay. Before, before we get to the debate, I want to add to that story. I was asleep at the time that this happened. So he's hit, I'm asleep, he hits the patch of ice, and I wake up, obviously, because the truck's moving around. So I wake up, and I just see us heading towards the guardrail in the ditch. And he's on the steering wheel, and he's just working it, you know. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I was so scared. I couldn't even move. I was just, I, for some reason, I grabbed onto the curtains, the sleeper curtains, and I held them, and I was just like, a, <laughs> I was terrified. And, but, but somehow we regained control and kept going down the road. Uh, so that was scary. And I, whatever Rick did, it was the right thing. But, that, but to our debate. Go ahead, Rick. Well, what what I've always heard, and this uh, originally applied, I'm from Indiana, and I got caught up several times every year, it seemed like, on ice. And one of the things that uh, that, that I learned was, like, if you're in a, in a car or something like that, in order to get straightened back up, you have to tap the accelerator a little bit and, and, and keep going in the direction that you're skidding. That way you start to gain control with your accelerator and so forth. Melissa feels like uh, I've heard. Have heard, has heard that you do not do that, that the last thing you want to do is ever hit the accelerator. and uh, You just hold – actually, I heard that you let go of the accelerator and just hold everything steady uh, until you get past the patch of ice and you're on dry ground again. So that's the debate. What do you think? Well, it's uh, – you know, we were always taught – in our uh, emergency vehicle operators course that uh, just stay off the throttle, stay off the brakes and whatever, whatever you do, you do ever so gently. Um, I tend to, you know, if I'm on ice, I just hang on, keep everything straight and just ever so gently apply a little bit of power if I can feel that I'm being pushed, um, you know, and that, that goes down to, you know, if you're starting to be pushed, now the trailer is doing all the driving and you run the risk of a jackknife. Um, if you apply just a little bit of power and you find that traction that you can, uh, you know, get away from the trailer, you know, that works. It, uh, that can bite you in the butt too that you know if you wind up applying some power and the wheels start to spin and and now you've you've aggravated that jackknifing situation tough call um it's the shades of gray right yeah yeah the the biggest the biggest thing is hang on you know steer steer and try and maintain control don't panic, and the last thing you ever want to get near is that brake pedal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, I'm I'm glad we survived that uh, situation, I, that, but that was scary. Yeah, I think every I think every situation has its own, you know, because if you're obviously if you're in snow, you know that's different from ice, and you can actually get 
you know, you get slick ice and you have dry ice. You know, some of the ice yep. out there when it's really cold, it, it it's so it's so hard that it's it's almost like uh, like pavement. You can get traction on it, stuff well, like that. Yeah, when uh, actually when uh, when you're walking across the parking lot and uh, and you can hear that snow kind of creak under your feet, that's actually good traction. There's a lot of traction in that snow in uh, in that crunchy snow. Um, Rick, you bring up an excellent excellent point. In Wyoming, where the wind on a calm day is blowing 35 miles an hour, right. that snow going across that highway will polish that and make it just like a curling rock. And Wyoming, we have to be so very careful and so very cognizant of icy road conditions and icy road surfaces. And and I don't want to scare anybody and and make anybody paranoid, but just be aware that that snow moving across the road is does have that polishing effect, and mm-hmm. and just be prepared. Right. Watch out for bridge decks, uh, overpasses, any shaded areas. That's where you're normally going to come across those situations. That's uh, the most common. So be on the lookout for that when you're driving and be extra careful. No brakes, steady speed, and just, you know, just keep it going straight and you'll be good. Yep. Big breath. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, there we actually yeah. have another question on the line. We have uh Jimmy in Indiana. You want to go ahead and go to that question? Absolutely. Okay, Jimmy, you are on the air. Hold on. Okay, let me go. Oh, there you go, Jimmy. How are you doing? Yeah, you were talking about the CB and inclement weather. That's usually when I turn my CB on. Hopefully somebody coming the other way will warn me about that pile up that's two miles down the road. And uh, the other thing is these guys who put their ways on in inclement weather, how are you going to tell other people you're changing lanes? You know, mm-hmm. it seems to yeah. me that the only time you should have your ways on is when you're stopped on the road or you're going less than 45 miles an hour. Because mm-hmm. if you're running down the highway with your ways on and now all of a sudden you got to stop or you see something ahead, how are you going to warn me? or people around you that there's a problem ahead if your four ways are already on. Good point. Very good point. Yeah, great, great point. And and that tends to uh, kind of one of my pet peeves for guys driving down the highway at 55 miles an hour with them on, but you're absolutely right. Save them for, yeah. for warning traffic. You know, the CB radio, you know, sometimes there's good information there, sometimes they're not. I didn't find a lot of great information there, so your choice, leave it on or off. But yeah. regardless of what they tell you on the radio, you got to drive for your own your own uh, yeah. conditions but, I mean, if there, if and your ability. Chance, if there's a slight chance that somebody might warn you, hey, there's a pileup down the road, you got to turn that thing on and just listen through the crap. You know, yeah, I, I but, can't help but think that that accident on 94 Michigan last year Somebody couldn't have said to somebody, hey, you know, you got to pile up because those guys just kept pounding in there in the fog, you know. Yep. And and that just goes back to we got to be driving to conditions and don't, you know, don't feel bad that, that you slowed down and, and you're not you're not leading the pack. If you don't feel comfortable, 
within reason. Don't be uh, don't be pounding her down the highway. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Dale, if you don't have anything else, and since we don't have any more questions on the line, we're going to move towards the close of the show. Absolutely. You know, Rick, Melissa, again, thank you so much for having me on. Everybody listening, you know, please stay safe. Winter's coming. Be prepared. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Great resource, and we, we love working with you, Dale. Yes, thank you, Dale. Appreciate that. Anytime. Sorry, didn't mean to cut him off. Um, okay, so just for everybody's reference, uh, everything that Dale talked about, I posted a link to that on the Trucking 101 Facebook page. So you can go to the Trucking 101 Facebook page. Uh, just search Trucking 101 on Audio Road. If you haven't already liked it, uh, go ahead and like it, and you can find that information there. We've also posted a, a tool list there. Uh, there's a regular tool list and a separate post, and then there's Dale's tool list and his information in that link. Okay, so we want to thank everybody for listening. You can find all of our podcasts at letstruck.com slash audio road. If you have any questions, you can find us on Facebook at Trucking 101 on Audio Road. Like our page and ask us questions there. You can also leave comments or topic suggestions. You can also reach us through Let's Truck at 855-800-FUEL or email support at letstruck.com. We would like to let you know about the other podcasts on the Audio Road Network. Sunday is Rolling Toe with Mike and Kevin Beckett at 9 p.m. Eastern. Tuesday is Trucking with Authority, Kenny Long at 7 p.m. Eastern. Wednesday is Race and Lanes with Rico Muhammad, also 7 p.m. Eastern. And Destination Health is Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. To be reminded about the podcast, text LISTEN to 99,000 in the U.S., 76,000 in Canada. We would like to sign off with a quote from one of our favorite best-selling authors, Larry Wingett. Love what you do enough to become excellent at it. Otherwise, you don't. Good night, everyone. We hope you'll join us next week, Saturday at 8 p.m.